So, Blake, I feel like the stars have aligned tonight for us to do a pilot for a, a variation on Fight Boys I've wanted to do for a while. Specifically for our, our wrestle babies, for our youngins who maybe maybe know know the stories and lore behind all this stuff. All right. Uh, what kind of stories do you want to tell for the little chitlins? Um, well, firstly, let me tell you the name. It's really good. It's called High Class Wrestling because uh -huh. it's a class about wrestling. And that's the only part of it that's a pun. No, no other part of it's a joke referring to anything. Now, based off the conversation we had over text before we joined... <laughs> I don't believe you. So, but I believe the best one to begin on this week of all weeks. Why do we not tell the story of Hangman Adam Page and Kenny Omega? Um, so, yeah, well, let's tell the story of Hangman Adam Page and Kenny Omega. The best wrestling story? Um, certainly the best new one since I've started wrestling. Critics would agree. This is, this story gets five out of five ding-dang stars on the Meltzer scale. You know what? When people are doing old-school wrestling reviews 20 years from now and they are getting around to the 2020s, this is going to be the one they're talking about. This is going to be a, a story that people know, and it's made stars. Okay, let's start from, the, I, I guess the beginning is the first AEW press conference, which is buck wild to think about. Mm -hmm. This is, I mean, literally, this feud, or the seeds of this feud was planted at the very, like... Uh, the very birth of AEW. Yeah. Like, fuck. This, this feud is synonymous with AEW at this point. I, I wouldn't say the feud itself is specifically with Kenny. I would say, however, Hangman's quest for the gold began from the very beginning of it. Because, I mean, like, that was what he... Oh, also, another rule of high-class wrestling I forgot to tell you about. We're not allowed to look up anything. Oh, God. Okay. <laughs> so, let me just close those tabs out. <laughs> Clickety-clickety-click. Because I guess you were reading my fucking mind. <laughs> oh, no. I could see them little lies darting towards that Chrome tab, pulling up some shit. Uh, but, yeah, the very first press conference, Hangman Adam Page came out, and verbatim, I remember the exact quote. He said, Yeehaw, boys, it's me, Hangman Adam Page, and I'm going to be your first J JWF champion. Wait, fuck. I'm going to be your first ever AEW champion and governor of South Carolina. <laughs> Vote for me for Republican primary. <laughs> you know we all know that's not hangman <laughs> no <laughs> liberal this is, primary this is the fucking is this gonna lead to the fake hangman storyline <laughs> <laughs> the fake republican hangman story uh so those seeds were planted and uh of course uh, People were getting interested in AEW for two reasons. One, they were smarks like us who were just like, mm -hmm. fuck yeah, this is good shit. Or they were, in many cases, what they were looking to draw in were the layman. And that's kind of what the first number one cont or first ever championship match was, was the battle of smarks versus the layman. Because we all wanted, even back then, I think, wanted Hangman Page to win. Um... I think I think so. I I feel like the greater wrestling like collective though, and my my viewpoint is pretty pretty uh, small because I only get the uh, the Reddit version. Um, but 
I don't know. I think that uh, the first time that Hangman was uh, going for the belt, the consensus was it's just like, he's not ready for this yet. And I think I would agree with them. Although I would love to have seen him win. He was not in the place that he is now. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, the the story we are about to weave for this audience really built him up to where he deserved this, especially given the fact that he was facing Chris Jericho, the ultimate layman's choice for a champion and a new refresh company um i i will say uh, along the way hangman hangman did a fight <laughs> fuck hangman did a fight <laughs> in my favorite battle royal ever um <laughs> it's it's the first ever casino battle royale it's for free mm-hmm. on youtube i fucking love it it's the best shit ever that ding dang boy won it and then i believed yeah. in miracles <laughs> It was, um, I mean, it was great, especially uh, seeing it live. Oh, yeah, we did see it live, too, yeah, I live, guess. Cool. Uh, we, we did see that live. Uh, it was very fun, although uh, you'll have to forgive the production kerfluffles. Um, I think there were a few of them. I don't know if they've been edited or changed, um, especially when, like, all the suits were coming out. Entrance times were weird. That's about the only thing yeah. um, I think we noticed. But uh, the match overall, very good. They've had some bangers in the Casino Battle Royal. Oh, yeah, yeah. Those are up now. So, uh, he loses uh, his championship opportunity to Chris Jericho, becomes your first ever AEW World Champion, and a, a simultaneously the oldest and youngest AEW Champion at the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then Hangman got real sad. This is um. Hangman at this point, you're got like, real bummed for yeah. a few. You're looking at Hangman, and you're like, "Oh man, there's no way this could possibly get any worse." And then it got worse. And then it got worse. Um, God, it's it's kind of like Fat Thor in a way because. That is almost kind of making a joke of Thor's mental battle and whatever. I mm-hmm. don't like that movie that much. Um, but it is kind of that is how I felt initially because they were playing Hangman is depressed about not being able to step up to the plate, not being elite, not being part of this group, and um, and because he couldn't step up like it, it forced him into this deep dark depression ah uh, the sadosphere the sadosphere is what he landed in sorry i just got it just hit a second wave just hit <laughs> and i forgot what i was saying mid-sentence and i was like i'm just gonna keep trusting my body and really praying that what comes out next (laughs) is going to complete this thought uh, until you went on a tangent about what you were thinking, and now I can't even remember where you were. Okay, so Hangman was in the satosphere. Hangman um, got really, really... Oh, Thor, Ragnarok. Yeah. Very good movie. Um, No, yeah, that's how it felt in the beginning, because they were showing his depression through alcoholism, and it became a meme, literally. And I'm like, oh, I, it, it was of two worlds, because it was such a f- great joke. Of a character aspect, and I really enjoyed it, but also, this man is very, very depressed and is going through a very tough life situation right now. I I do have to say, I think overall I enjoy more the fact that they don't lean on the fact that he drinks a lot. They other don't. than, like, in the, they touch on it in the most basic, like, it's not what the feud is about. And it's not what his character is about. You mean the feud? I thought you meant that yeah. they, they don't show him drinking a lot. I'm like, but... No, no, they do that. Um, he stopped a, made a match once <laughs> to fucking drink with his opponent. Yeah, it's great. Um, and so then Hangman Adam Page decides to be do what the cow cow doy do and be on his lonesome and he tells the elite sire sire big dogs see you guys when at what point does cowboy shit happen for the first time i can't i think it might have just been through like a tweet or something 
I can't remember. Like I, I, I think it's just something that collectively happened in small bursts and then slowly became a big thing. I don't think he had a Austin three sixteen moment of cowboy shit. Although in a way he does eventually. Mm, that is true. So uh, he's real sad. He tries to leave the elite, and then but then he doesn't, or they don't let him. Like, no, you're not going to leave because we believe in you kind of still, and we're going to make you do it until you can't. This part was muddy. I'm not going to lie. At least mentally, this part's a little muddy <laughs> for me. I think it was um, it was that, that transitionary period when this was all, like, early TV days, even before pandemic days on Dynamite. Yeah. Um, this, was, like, this was pre-Big Daddy TK's takeover. Yeah, well, 100% takeover. He was always there in the background watching, waiting to strike. Someone, uh, someone on Twitter said when Tony Khan goes on vacation, he leaves a small note that says, if Cody asks anything, respond with no, God, please, no. No. <laughs> uh, so, meanwhile, at the same time, Oh, ding, ding, Kenny Omega's wrestling in American national television for the first time. Yay! And some people think it's real weird. And Kenny has a real rough time of things initially as things go. Uh, Well, yeah, being a a, uh, wrestling in the uh, New Japan, just Japanese scene in general for the most part, uh, for years before that... uh, Adapt into the uh, the AEW like uh, schedule and style. It's probably probably tough on a person. No matter even the best wrestler in the world, who is arguably Kenny Omega, uh, would have trouble with that. Yeah, yeah. So like, and I love that they made that into a storyline. That oh wait a minute, what if when he's brought onto this bigger level of having to re- wrestle weekly and do these things weekly, is he still going to be as good? And instead of just Kenny saying, no, I'm a, I'm a big, strong man, and I can do what I want, you know that thing Kenny Omega always says? Yeah, a- yeah. A- instead of that, he said, oh, wait, no, why don't we turn that into a storyline? Because uh, first pay-per-view, double or nothing, he loses to Chris Jericho. Uh, then at All Out that year, I believe he lost to Pack. Was that the Pack match? And then lost. I think so. And he lost to Pack early on. Yeah, yeah. So and then uh, after that, he, he lost to a lot of fucking people. Is what we're saying. This is the story of two big ass losers who failed their way to the top, and their names are Kenny Omega and Hangman Page. We love them for very different reasons, but we love them all the same. So these two stink-ass losers look at each (laughs) other and just say, Dang it, we're such big, stinky losers that no one likes. We should just be like tag team friends. Yeah, you know what? We haven't been doing too well, and tag team works out great for the young bucks. Let's do that. Yeah, and, and... I, at the time, was just like, okay, AEW's doing some weird shit. I guess Hangman and Kenny are kind of teaming up for a few here. It's whatever. And then Chris Jericho put a ding-dang boat out on the ocean, and only Chris Jericho would have the bravery to say, what if one man put a big-ass wrestling ring on that fucking boat and made some boys do a wrestle on it? It's the wrestle boat. Uh, so he did exactly that. And on that one, uh, the first AEW Tag Team Champions, SCU. God, fucking. Man, you remember how jazzed we were about SCU back in the day? I, I don't know how. I've never turned more quickly on a concept <laughs> than. Because, like, SCU, great on BTE. Literally, I think the first double or nothing that came out in fucking all American evil, Knievel, Rocky Balboa <laughs> ass looking gear. And we're like, let's rock and roll. I'm like, okay, SCU! Fuck, fuck you, nerds. <laughs> So, so those pieces of shit. 
get in the ring with the two losers I was talking about earlier. And guess what? Somehow the two losers win it. They, yep, those two, lo- those two dumbass fucks. Those two stink noses ended those, up winning those it. Butt face cowboy animes. And they defended their title against people. I don't remember much about their tag time. I mean, there, there's one specific part of it I yep. remember, but um, I think that it doesn't really uh, until the feud with FTR. I don't think there's anything major that happened for their tag title reign. I know they defended it a couple of times. I can't remember. Yeah, uh, it's all muddy until the FTR stuff. I'm sorry. Could you rewind a few months there, brah? Mm. The Young Bucks match at Revolution, aka the match we snubbed for match of the year last year. Oh yeah, I guess that happened before the FTR stuff. Mm-hmm. And that was uh, they did that, have a great match. And it's such a great feud, like playing with this idea of what ego means in wrestling, what it means to be elite, and are is elite something that you can define for yourself, or is it something that other people have? Must eliteness be hoisted upon you by other people? And this match was one of like the best showings of it because you had. Nick and Matt Jackson, the tag team of the elite and arguably the greatest tag team of all time. And yet the drunk boy and nerd fuck ended up winning the biggest prize for tag teams before anybody else. Uh, so obviously that that made the Bucks a little bit angry, which made them start being real mean to Hangman on television. Just big super assholes, because that's that's who the young bucks are in character, and they can't stop it. Big, and it it was good because this was when they were like tweeners, so it was like, oh wait, so they could both sides could kind of throw fire here, because I know a lot of people during the time were like, no, Hangman's the heel or the Bucks are the heel, and it was a really great feud, uh, culminating in the Bucks essentially telling Hangman, hey, we carried you. Through, we're the people who invited you into Bullet Club. We're the people who got you an ROH. We're the people who uh, basically supported you this whole way. Without us, you are nothing. And uh, that was seeing how much Hangman Page's friends hate him. <laughs> it was a lot <laughs> to live with at that time. It's like, ah, this is, we're watching a toxic friendship live. Yeah, so uh, they uh, they go and fight the Young Bucks, and it's a fucking banger of a match uh, that uh, culminates in Kenny and uh, Hangman retaining. And then at the end of the match, they do this weird little thing where Hangman or Kenny's basically saying goodbye to his little friends, the Young Bucks, in the middle of the ring. Hangman's on the outside drinking a beer. Hangman looks like he's about to hit a buckshot lariat. Then he thinks twice, and then the Bucks and Kenny look like they're about to super kick the shit out of him. So it is the ultimate in, okay, one of y'all do some shit, please. Quit blue balling me, Tony. It's like, somebody, somebody's gotta do something, right? Right, right, where's my instant gratification? Yeah, exactly. Oh, in this storyline, never. No, uh, no, although, no. This is also a quintessential slow burn well, storyline. Well, also, I w- will say they did it well because it's not like a, a slow burn in that someone gets injured and then like three months later they come back or like a year later they return. It, it's there was always a little something happening. There was always little breadcrumbs happening the whole time. And make no mistake. I prefer slow burn storylines usually. I like it when there's a, a proper build to the big uh, marquee storylines. That's the way I think it should be. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Um, so then they go and fight FTR. I honestly don't remember much about this feud. I do remember uh, leading into the match 
one of the big spots, of course, that keeps getting called back in a lot of these matches uh, is the fact that there was a big tag team eliminator match, and it was coming down to a few folks, but Nick Jackson got out on the apron getting ready to deliver the indie taker to get the victory until Hangman Page came out, grabbed his leg, and then I believe, I think that might have been when they rolled up Dax rolled him up. I can't remember the finish to the match, but he he grab leg, force Bucks to lose. Is Hangman the bad guy now? Who can say? Who knows? They all doing everything to each other, to everyone else, to others. Um, I will say that uh, for the most part, the FTR storyline is um really other than that eliminator um tournament with the uh with the bucks um it's ftr was trying to get under hangman's skin for the most of it they were trying to make him think that they could be better friends to hangman than well, um the well, elite. given how much ftr is just randomly supporting other heels might have been a good tactic honestly yeah, I mean, it's what they did. Um, like, they drank with him. Um, they're like, see, we're cool. Not like the squares of the rest of the elite that won't drink. Well, it was almost akin to uh, the fucking meme of that guy you hate has a really good point, which is there was clearly something wrong with Hangman and being in the elite and what it meant to be in the elite, which is a whole nother little theory thing I have going on. Um, and it, what was I just saying? Fuck, this is a terrible yeah, idea. Um, shit. Uh, there's something about being the elite in FTR. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. And uh, what it means to be elite and FTR kind of exposed that, to hangman during that feud so even though they were the bad guys they were they were the ones that planted the the doubt in hangman's brain that he did he actually like need the elite they when were the, the way they treated him. that saved wakanda <laughs> yes I just got a mental image of fucking FTR just in Wakanda. And it's just... It's kind of like them with the AAA championships. It's just like, no, that don't mix. No. It's like, that does not mix at all. They they rode in on a rhino. <laughs> then they shot it. So... Fuck. Uh, so they lose their titles to FTR. Uh, ding, uh, no. Yeah. Uh, Which is, no. Um, that's the, uh, that is also the point, like, they lose the titles because, um, Hangman is seriously doubting a lot of what's going on right now, and the mind games prevail. Yep. He was confused, and he was a scared little boy in a scared little world, and no one was there to help him out, and at the last moment after they had lost their championships... He just needed a shoulder to lean on, and Kenny Omega said, fuck you, no, fuck and then you. he face-planted into the mat. Literally, like, Kenny just moves out of the way, takes a step back, and lets Eggman just drop. And that's that was the moment when you knew where the battle lines were drawn. Wasn't that also the one where they just had the very long tracking shot of Kenny walking to the back yes. like a reverse Goldberg? <laughs> yeah, exactly. They showed them walking out. He got into his car. I think somebody even tried to interview him or he was talking shit to the camera. They just watched him drive off. Oh, wait, that's right, because that's when the Bucks were still trying to be good guys, and it always sucked when they tried because they were like, Kenny? Kenny? What's what are you doing, Kenny? Wow, oh, Gorsh, Kenny, Gorsh, oh. Mr. Omega, get back here. We gotta help our friend Hangman Page. Uh, Fuck him. Oh no, honestly, like from the beginning, I don't think the Young Bucks ever liked Hangman, <laughs> yeah. which is such a a weird element to the storyline of just like, oh, by the way, also the tag team have hated you always. Oh, yeah, you were never, never good enough in their eyes. Too bad. Yeah. So they lose their titles, and uh, I believe the next night, Hang was that the night Hangman cut the I'm a po there's poison in me promo? 
It was somewhere around that time. It was after this match. I don't know if it was directly after or if it was like on the Dynamite post this uh, pay-per-view. Yeah. But yeah, he, he looked in the camera and said, there's poison inside of me. I, I am a poison. But he wanted to make it up to Kenny. He wanted to get a rematch. Uh, however, big dick Kenny Omega's like, no, I'm going for the championship. Uh, because the... I guess bloodlust of what it means to be elite, I, I guess is l- let me quickly break down what I think is going on in the, in this faction that I adore, adore so much. And it's the fact that it, it is a commentary on mental health. It is a commentary on if you are every day, what rise and grind clanging and banging baby 24 seven, drink the muscle meal. If you're like that, you'll go fucking crazy eventually in one way or another. And it, like that's what it's showing in this. And that's kind of what happened to Hangman was this. He could not be elite. And because of that, like he almost had to punish himself. Because, you know, under that, under all of the Hangman and the cowboy shit, there's just an anxious millennial cowboy screaming. He's just screaming. But, like, I love that because then you also saw in Kenny, instead of letting it break him down, it broke him up and made him an absolute fucking sociopath. Well, yeah, exactly. It took away his morals. And once he decided to have no ethics, he could do anything. Yeah, he beat the shit out of Sonny Kiss in two minutes that the internet assured me would be okay in the future. Um, (laughs) He kept running through people until, coincidentally enough, one year ago at full... One year ago at full gear in the finals of the World Championship Eliminator Tournament, Hangman Page fought Kenny Omega, and it was a fucking barn burner, folks. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's here's the thing: the only shitty thing about it is the fact that because we study wrestling so much which seems weird to say we watch wrestling so much that we know the tropes that even back then a year ago we said okay this is kenny's gonna win this match and win the title and then hangman's gonna beat him for it it's just when it's gonna happen luckily it's a good fucking story Mm -hmm. so we, we don't have any right to complain about it yeah, like, it's a great story. Uh, I mean, we saw this moment, this pay-per-view, coming f- literally for a year. We were certain of it. That's when we were certain. We kind of had an idea of, well, they might do this. Honestly, it is the closest thing in, I guess, both of our wrestling experiences to something of an Avengers Endgame level event of multiple years of crisscrossing storylines all interweaving into this. Yes, and this was... I can't think of anything in recent wrestle memory that worked quite like this that wasn't... Um, I, that I would say I would not be surprised if this was the plan all along. Um, or for at least a very long time, not something that they had to change on the fly to react to. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I could see that. Yeah, then, no, this has seemed like the plan for a very, very long time. Um, so, Hangman is defeated by Kenny Omega, goes into an even deeper depression. At that point was when we were all kind of wondering, heal Hangman? Hangman heal? Heal Hangman? And it's also when he began to be courted by the love of his life a group of seven men and one very hot girl named the dark order ah uh, yes uh which at the time was led by brody lee rest in peace um who was so fucking killer in his role of how much he wanted to hang do you like horses <laughs> do you like whiskey do you like do cowboy, cowboy shit? shit so fucking good um i just now remember my baby is asleep in the next room so uh-oh 
Um, so he began to be courted. It led to my favorite gif of Hangman Page, uh, which of course is when Brody asked him to join the Dark Order. He said, I'm sorry, I just don't really feel interested in joining a cult right now. <laughs> it was so great, so blatant. Um, so we're not a cult. So that happened. Um, and then unfortunately, of course, uh, Brody Lee passed away. And that is when kind of Hangman began to come around a little bit more because, of course, on Being the Elite, they would be in segments all the time. They would interact and being the most adorable group in AEW and the most adorable person in AEW, it was a perfect fit all along. Yes. I, you know what? John Silver is the most adorable person in AEW. <laughs> Johnny Hungy. And what I love about it is this is also this kind of weird commentary on friendship and like group dynamics mm-hmm. because when hangman page is in the elite or when adam cole is in the elite when the bucks are in the elite you must be elite you must always perform at the highest level you must always break records you must always be a five-star great person that might be why cody's no longer in it because you have to put on five-star matches uh <laughs> So you've got to be all of that, and what your group is defines you. However, with the Dark Order, being in the Dark Order, at least now, no longer defines who you are. And, like, Anna Jay's no longer wrestling in, like, dark goth colors. She's in pink, and she's still in the Dark Order, because it doesn't matter. Dark yeah, because or- it's like... Dark Order is welcoming to all people. Dark Order says trans rights. They, uh, you know what? They started out as a group, and they became a family. They became a family. A family. And, and they did it all for the family. And that's what I love about it is the fact that he is, because everyone was like, oh, no, he's, he's got to now have, like, dark pants and all this and be, like, the leader of the Dark Order. No, he's still just Hangman. And Evil Uno is Evil Uno. Cabana is Cabana. You know, banning people for calling him out for slurs. Um... Uh, Caban, uh, Caban, I get it. yeah, Caban, <laughs> and then you've got fucking God of War, Daddy Stu Grace, and you've got all these different personalities that come together under a common goal, but they're not slaves to their gathering. They're not slaves to the concept of the Dark Order, which is ironic because they are a cult. Listen, they're not a cult. They're not a cult. <laughs> um, so fuck. And doing an episode of this on the Dark Order, just the Dark Order, would be so good. Because I love their their kind of rise to prominence. Um, so Hangman became friends with the Dark Order, but uh, when they proposed for him to officially join, he uh, politely declined. In what was a sad moment, but also kind of like a, yeah, I get it moment, you know? Yeah, yeah. It's like, uh, no. We can still be buds, but... But I enjoyed the way they did it, which is a look. I've I've kind of got to deal with stuff on my own right now, and I don't want. I think it is also a matter of him being afraid to get into another group because he remembers what happened with the elite, with like the brainwashing and needing to be the best, and what it drove him to do and what it drove him to become. Including, uh, no, he never ran anybody over in the golf cart, did he? That was only Matt, wasn't it? Yeah, I think that was Matt and the only other person that got, Sammy got his vengeance eventually. I love how we skipped over that whole section. We were like, yeah, and then they fought the inner circle for a few. Fuck that shit. It's like, yeah, that's fine. They had the, they had the, uh, the stadium stampede, uh, match, which was great. Uh, It does have an amazing moment of, Hangman crossing an entire football field just to clothesline someone, I think. Um, and you got to watch him as he ran across the field. Oh, He's yeah, just because, like, um, because <laughs> the whole storyline with that one was they weren't sure if Hangman was going to be there or be mm-hmm. on their side. <laughs> and he just bumps <laughs> up on a horse. He's running... Like Lancelot and uh, Holy Grail. Yeah. Just that same same scene of him running over and over again for five minutes until he crosses the football field. Uh, so then he kind of, I don't want to say floundered for a few, but it, it was just kind of a, here's Hangman. Y'all like Hangman, right? Yeah. It was, 
I think this is the period where we were wondering if they had decided, like, maybe not to pull the trigger on Hangman. Like, one of our bigger doubt moments, because he just wasn't doing much. Yeah, because he first had the feud with Matt Hardy, where he at least proved he was a competent baby face because he tricked Matt Hardy into signing a deal for a money match. Uh, then I think he feuded with Brian Cage up till double or nothing, which we were at. Um, and then I, it kind of blurs for me. I can't remember where he went after Cage. Uh, was that the instant was go into that might have um, been the instant go into the Kenny storyline. It, it it pretty much was because, uh, remember, there was that span of time not long after Double or Nothing when he was off on paternity leave. No, no, and that he just was... just recently came back from. That was way farther ahead. No, after uh, Double or Nothing... Okay, we're, fuck it, we're skipping ahead to the most relevant thing in the storyline at this point, I guess. Um... So well, he he but he palled around with the Dark Order for a while. Left, came back. Um, yeah, there's a lot of Dark Order stuff interspersed in all of that. Uh, and then he ended up losing. I can't remember what. No, because he lost to Cage at Double or Nothing, right? Uh, I thought he won. I think he. I think the thing was that he lost because Cage then became the number one contender. Uh yeah, 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 and then it was Kenny. Oh, fuck, man, I don't know. No, don't look it up. Don't look it up. You know the I'm rules. I'm gonna look it up. I'm gonna look it up. You okay, know the fine. rules. We can't. Uh, so I, I, all I remember is he ended up losing a match that made him no longer the number one contender, and it made him really, really sad. Wasn't uh, that also? Was that before or after? That was before he lost the match. Um. That dealt with the fate of Dark Order's um, that was, tag title shot, wasn't it? Th- th- that was. This is before that. I'm I'm building up to that uh, because eventually the Dark Order started trying to bring Kenny back. The Dark Order were trying to or uh, Hangman. Thank you. The Dark Order were basically uniting to behind Hangman and trying to tell him like, hey. Like there was even a segment where Omega was going off and evil Uno interrupted the dark order interrupted and said, there's one person you haven't beaten. And there's one person whose name you keep avoiding. Uh, And it was a very great touching segment because it's rare for a a tertiary party to initiate a feud, but that's exactly what happened. And it, it's one of those moments where kind of reality and the storyline interject because like the story it had to be jump started and a tertiary party started it because it had to be because hangman couldn't start it he he wouldn't do it on his own anxious millennial cowboy um he also uh just having that it it goes to show how much dark order cares about hangman yeah um because they really do want to see what's best for him and he's um been in a bad place he's been burned by friends before and this is the first group of people that legitimately just loves him for who he is and accepts him and then they're like you know what you're the good you might be the best we think you could take down Kenny Omega, so... Yeah, so that that happens. It's very touching. And then uh, he comes out and Omega makes a deal with him. The Dark Order will team up to face the Elite in a five-on-five match. A match of the year candidate in the a year that had numerous match of the year candidates. Um, and if the Dark Order managed to get the victory... Hangman is number one contender, and the Dark Order uh, get tag title shots. If they lose, they both forfeit them. And so, of course, everyone's coming into this going like, oh, Revolution's coming around, or not Revolution, uh, All Out's coming around the corner. It'll be the anniversary of two years after when Jericho beat him for the title the first time, he can win it back. Um but it doesn't matter because then full gear is the one year anniversary of their few of the uh, first match they had. So there's a bunch of easy sells for any pay-per-view you throw this on. Um, but uh, they face off in a phenomenal match during which the dark order have this badass cowboy entrance. That's just kind of 
I get a fun way of saying it is liberalizing the concept of a cowboy because it was just like, hey, we know the concept of a cowboy seems like a Republican little fuck boy. But let me tell you what a real cowboy is, son. A cowboy eats baked beans if his family's going hungry. And a real cowboy gets back up on the horse when he falls off it and onto the can of baked beans that he had in his lap. And a real cow... So that's kind of how that... A real cowboy is a dad. A real dad... A real dad is a cowboy. Um, so they came out to that hangman came out with this gorgeous leather jacket with purple roses on it. So he actually had gear that made him synonymous with the dark order. Uh, and then the fucking elite came out and just shout all over it. (laughs) (laughs) That was space jam, wasn't it? And it was because AEW was legitimately being sponsored by Space Jam. And the way they decided to promote the concept of the Spaced Jam on their show was to have their heel champions come out, do some sick dunks, and then beat the <laughs> shit out of the heroes. <laughs> It was so fucking good. I know you're going to hear this description and be like, that sounds horrible. I might hate that, but you won't. You'll fucking love it and you'll like it. You'll love it. Kenny Omega can't dribble to save his fucking life and Nick Jackson misses a dunk. And I think he did it purposefully to get heat. And I think that makes me even more mad at him. God, I just... Everyone's commitment to this. Even the elite, um, I'm sad that he's not been around recently, but that just, we haven't even talked about the Don Callis aspect of the, the elite, like when he joined to uh, be Kenny's manager. God, that was so... Don's uh, not had too many, too many hangman interactions, because I think Don's been off TV for, uh, uh, until something we'll get to later. Yeah. He, um... He's talked shit about Hangman before, but that's about it. Um, and, And so they lose. Hangman's really sad. And then the following week, he goes out. He talks to the Dark Order and basically says, I have to confront Kenny on my own, but I have to talk to him. I've got to get this over with. Uh, oh, also, by the way, the end of that last match slapped because it's just Hangman against the Bucks and Kenny Omega, which is essentially like just like all your mental, <laughs> all your mental anxieties coming to assault you at once in a ring. And there are callbacks to spot after spot after spot. I fucking loved it and it also had cool dark order shit um so that was uh so that was that hangman goes out tells the dark order hey do not come out there no matter what happens no matter what what goes down do not come out there um because hangman wanted to stand on his own two feet hangman wanted to be a cowboy baby and unfortunately that meant get your ass sacked because he walked out there uh probably said some shit like fuck you kenny omega or whatever um you know how promos go and and it's not like i write them regularly uh, and, and so then the elite beat the shit out of them and then an interesting part of the angle the dark order do come out however grayson and uno the kind of de facto i won't say leaders but grown-up people of the dark order uh were holding everybody back because they wanted to do what hangman wanted which is also a very interesting aspect of this fucking storyline is the concept of friendship and do I intervene on my own or do I t- do what they tell me they need? Do I do what they actually need or what they think they need and what that means for people? And then we got to see it play out in front of the Dark Order and it was some good ass shit. Oh, conflict, drama interesting developments this is wrestling and then hangman put a baby in his wife's butt and then he had to go away for a little bit it was fine between uh evil uno went a little crazy (laughs) yeah 
Uh, the Dark Order was not fine for a little while. And I did enjoy that. I know a lot of people weren't big fans of the Evil Uno storyline, but I adored it. I adored seeing this guy who loved Brody Lee so much and wanted to live up to what he was as a leader of the Dark Order and slowly having to realize... I can't be that. That's not the person I am. And having to admit that, like he even said that in a promo and I'm like, okay, that's just good fucking storytelling right now. Yeah. And it's a mini side plot to this other storyline. It's, it's keeping things fresh while hangman's away because like, that's just, um, it, it's uh-huh. given the dark order something to do I, and uh, they I, had a great time. I also love how they ended the whole drama with the dark order situation, which was essentially just Amanda Huber and Brody Lee jr. Came out and beat the shit out of everybody with papers and said, get your shit together. And then they did. It <laughs> yes. never happened in wrestling. Yes. I know. No, that's the fucking that's the greatest part about this storyline is like you when you tease a breakup normally that means the team is breaking up but they said no in the <laughs> hardest way possible they played the uno reverse card on that bitch because they had because so- they literally reversed uno <laughs> oh fuck you but no because they had so much bad shit happen to the dark order at once like they had lo- anna J went down to injury uh, of course the uh, passing of Brody lee like they took so many hits at once and then you just saw like Anna J comes back and then wait a minute, evil Uno starts to realize what he's supposed to be in this group of humanity. Hangman page returns in uh, this, this next part of the story we're going to tell. So, uh, so hangman, the hangman cometh. <laughs> so hangman won a ding dang match. Uh, <laughs> no, there was a, uh, was it a la- was it the ladder match with the stupid big thing? Yeah, it was the one um with the this there's a surprise entrance. Um Okay, it's the one where you got six boys that yeah. you know who the boys are, and then the seventh boy you don't know who he is. And the internet had a lot of fun with that because that was just after all of the WWE releases. However, most of us were just like it's probably Hangman. Um, yeah, I I did love anytime somebody said it's got to be Hangman though, right? They're like, no, he's still on paternity leave, and I'm like, they've been out for a while. That baby's definitely been born not by now, probably. Well, you stick around after the baby's been born for a few. I took a month no, I, after Ripley was born. Yeah, I know, but like based on um what uh. Like the the timeline he took off, it was uh, probably quite a long time um, after the baby was born. Yeah, that's cowboy shit. Take care of your fucking that's baby, boy. Shit, yeah, that's why you're a dad. That's a cowboy why I'm dad. A fucking dad. So uh, the point of the match is to get in the ring and then get you a ladder, climb up it, and grab a big, big poker chip. Uh, and of course, I was with most of the smarks on the internet going. Let it let it slow burn a little bit more. Bring out an Andre, have Andrade win it before we even get to the. That was one of my fantasy bookings. Was uh, <laughs> I think I talked about it on the show? Was that because uh, they said if you get the the chip before the other entrants come out, good for fucking you, mate. You've won. Um, so I was like, okay, what if what if, <laughs> what if what if it counts down to the very last entrant and it's Hangman Page and as Hangman Page walks out on the entrance ramp, Andrade grabs the chip <laughs> and, then, <laughs> and then runs out of the arena. Oh, God, that would have killed that poor man. I don't think he, his heart can take much more. His liver certainly can't. I'm, I'm calling that now the Bully Ray technique because now that is the new meme going around. Is Bully Ray giving bad advice to Tony Khan about how to get more heat out of the Kenny Omega Hangman Page feud? 
my 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 addition to it today was hey tk listen i know it is the second coming of jesus christ of nazareth but you gotta get more heat on it brother have have mjf crucify him a second time he's off for six months gets shredded comes back his first views right there baby now listen this is gonna be controversial but during that crucifixion bit you are gonna have to have like wardlow come out and stab him with a spear <laughs> it's gotta be real it's gotta be it's gotta be real it's gotta be wardlow uh so fuck where are we in the story oh that's right so hangman page comes out he climbs up and he gets the big poker chip and kenny omega's really mad about it oh kenny doesn't like that because through all of this kenny does not want to face hangman mm-hmm. and matt jackson also hates hangman page so fucking much i don't understand like they're secondary but the bucks hate hangman so much oh i love it Cause it's it's raw. It's fucking raw. It's uncooked. It's raw. <laughs> Fuck it, man. He's number one contender. Now we just jet to here. Like, was yeah. there? No, we got one more quick stop off, and that is, I I, I would argue when people look back up uh, the promo of the generation oh the um the inf- it, i call it his hard times promo because that's what it was he full on preached coming out saying stuff like when i get my baby born and give him a shampoo on his head at the end of the day that's cowboy shit. Yeah. Why well, get down and I collect the train even though it was my wife's turn and I told her that I didn't want to, but I do it anyway. That's cowboy shit. It's like, you know what? I'm gonna do all of this shit. And listen, the I think the uh, the actual line that got me was um, him saying like, everyone's always believed in me, but I've never believed in myself. Now I believe in me. You are going to get the me that believes in me. My drill will pierce the heavens. Yeah, we fucking was some anime ass bullshit, and I really enjoyed it. Uh, and so then, uh, was there any really big twists and turns? Like I, I hate that I can't remember it, but also it happened really fast. But also, I, I, I don't, I don't blame them for that. This is a two year feud. <laughs> Yeah, I do think that it was probably originally going to be for All Out. Then, of course, um, Hangman had to take his time off so they could move it to full gear because, like you said, it has historical significance to the feud just as much. Um, and it also uh, pumps up full gear as a uh, a pay-per-view that uh, where cool shit can happen. Oh, dude, I can't fucking wait. Like, I just saw... So, God, the promo tonight, the contract signing tonight, goosebumps fucking electric these two because it's the closest i've seen on AEW TV to anime kenny omega and it made me so happy he was like yes no you hangman and just to, to know the elite and the dark order were banned from the building they could not interfere in this in any way yeah i loved the video of them and it was just like adam cole screaming at a camera like get the fuck out also good to see him and bobby fish catching up that made me really really happy oh yeah great also great interesting addition um to what i think is going to happen afterwards um after the um after Hangman finally achieves everything that he's ever deserved for what uh, is going to be in store for the elite. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's Adam Cole, baby. Oh, everybody's been like, Kenny Omega's life is about to be fucking ruined. Um, but no, the, the promo tonight was great because, of course, it was Kenny calling out the line of, I, anytime I fall down, I get right back up and on my horse. And Kenny just being like, that's bullshit. We had to help you get back up on the horse. We had to be the people to encourage you. Like, even the Dark Order had to encourage him, which is like, it's one of those moments where, once again, the guy you hate made a really decent point. And I was like, oh, that's good. Do we do we want to get um, around to, I think, what is the second biggest heat that Don Callis has gotten uh, for me all year? 
I giggled like here's okay. <laughs> here's how I knew okay, so a cameraman attacked Hangman Page at the end of the contract signing tonight. You wanna know how I knew the cameraman was going to be uh attacking Hangman Page? Because there was a second cameraman right next to him on the apron filming the exact same angle. So I'm not exactly sure what his presence was there for. It's like something's. This is weird. You know what? Uh, I thought AEW got better at their production stuff, but dude, <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. I kind of cheered a little bit. Then again, I was pretty as toasty as I've been for this recording. Even toastier during AEW, and uh, that meant every single match was like seeing the face of God itself. Uh, of course, uh, much like I am during every recording session. <laughs> yes. Uh, so then the story continues this weekend at Full Gear, live on Paper View. Check it out on Fight TV. We're not sponsored. What the fuck? Um, so should we do full? I guess we should also do the thing we're supposed to do on the show and do predictions for Full Gear. Oh, shit. Yeah, you're right. Oh, no. <laughs> that oh, no. All right, Blake. I'm going to have to write these up later. Okay. Nyla Rose and Jamie Hayter versus Hikaru Shida and Thunder Rosa. How Shida Rosa. How can you not pick Shida Rosa in that it's just situation? Like Shida Rosa. Pa Shida Rosa, though. Pack and Cody Rhodes versus the Waistcoat Cowboys, Malachi Black and Andrade El Idolo. I want, oh. you know what? Fuck it. Fuck you, Cody Rhodes. I'm going with the Waistcoat Cowboys. You know what? Fuck you, Cody Rhodes. But I'm still going with you, you piece of shit. <laughs> still gonna choose him. Uh, the Super Click of Adam Cole and the Young Bucks versus Christian Cage and the Jurassic Kicks going to lose this match. This match, yes. Super click party! God, they make me so happy. Okay, I'm finally stoned enough where I can talk about this because it seems like the, I'm, what I'm about to say is a big dedication. And it, it's it's spiritual, and it's a deep connection, and I'm going to share this emotional vulnerability with you when I tell you that I think Adam Cole is my favorite wrestler. <laughs> <laughs> and he, I accept that with an open heart. Thank you. <laughs> And why I say that is when I look at my Mount Rushmore of professional wrestling, I have a, a, a loud mouth who can enthrall the crowd anytime he gets on the microphone and CM Punk. I have a, a man who can evolve while still maintaining a brand throughout the years and never change his gimmick too drastically that it loses him fans in Chris Jericho. You have the Young Bucks, who are his fucking friends. <laughs> and you also have Shawn Michaels, also known as Old Adam Cole. So I, <laughs> you take all four of my Mount Rushmore wrestlers, smush them together, you get Adam Cole. Uh, two of them are Adam Cole already, apparently. Uh, yeah, <laughs> When I when I tried to think of reasoning behind the Bucks, I was just like, they're all so stupid like he is. <laughs> oh, fuck. Uh, you know what you don't have, though? What? You don't have the psychopathic goat man. Psycho goat man. Uh, I, I got super click for this one, too. CM Punk versus Eddie Kingston. I'm gonna... Uh, this has been so good, by the way. Yeah, it's been a really good, like, quick feud, too. I love when a feud has a heel who's not a heel. Because, like, Dylan was right last week. Punk is the heel in this situation, but also, he's not? Like, it's not like I hate CM Punk now. It's just like, hey, dude, own up to your shit. <laughs> it, it's the thing. He's not wrong. He's just a dick. Um. So, Punk and, Punk and Kingston, I... <sighs> 
Oh, this is hard. Punk. No, Kingston. Kingston. I'm going to stick with Kingston. Here's uh, one. Uh, well, no. Okay, I'm going to stick with Kingston generally. But my original reasoning behind picking it was because then Punk would want a rematch and then Kingston would bring back up in the form of Moxley. Assumedly, plans have changed. Um, but it then would, and Punk would then need to bring somebody and we would get Eddie Kingston and John Moxley versus CM Punk and Brian Danielson. <laughs> Oh, now see, that would be good. That would be a good feud. I think I'm gonna petty. Okay, so Eddie. I'm up. I'm gonna take Eddie, you down for okay. Eddie. Darby Allen versus MJF. This is honestly, like, oh. of all the matches on this card, this one's the biggest turning point, I think. Yeah, because this is the this is two of the pillars going at it. This is a launching platform. I'm dreamboarding it, baby. Bring my boy to the top, MJF, baby, to the top. Yeah, I, I'd have to go with MJF too because I think MJF needs that more because Darby Allen will always be able to jump into that role and get thrown into a fucking um, massive pipes and shit and off a building and down some stairs Do does not matter how many buildings he falls off or allegations comes his way darby allen always finds a way to bounce back unfortunately all right he's made of rubber lucha bros versus ftr lucha bros aren't losing this this early however i would adore if ftr won it because i love ftr and they have been yeah. on that real shit lately, but no, I they have but Lu no. Lucha Bros, baby, Bros all day. The Inner Circle versus I want to fucking die. I hate this feud so much. Uh, actually, no, I think tonight's segment was genuinely entertaining when I realized that. All Dan Lambert is, is if my dad turned heel. And that uh, made me enjoy him a whole lot more. Um, yeah, I don't... It's This is Inner Circle, baby. Inner Circle now have the S SCU position, which is we're here to be a big group, to come out, to be the spectacle, and to make everybody happy. That's what Inner Circle's role is now. Yeah, and... Um... I think they're going to beat these boys. And, and Chris Jericho is going to win by pinning Dan Lambert because tonight mm -hmm. Dan Lambert said, I'm going to win by pinning Chris Jericho. Chris Jericho. Mm -hmm. And then he was yeah. like, but tonight I'm going to make him tap out. And it's like, buddy, why you do that also do that also on Saturday as well? Yeah, if you're. If you're more confident about tapping out, don't try to pin it like you, that's your that's more your thing. The other thing, by the way, and I understand MMA is not all submissions and grapples and whatnot, mm -hmm. but Dan Lambert just did the walls of Jericho. He he knows MMA. <laughs> <laughs> it's like you could do MMA things. You can do things, but then you were like, no, I'm going to do the worst thing. I'm going to look like I'm shitting on Chris Jericho's spine before I scream <laughs> into the microphone, Boston Crab, because I don't know how nicknames work because I'm a dipshit. Oh, uh, no, I do enjoy the thought, though. It's like he's just... It's like, this is the name that, that my generation came up with. Yeah. That I'm sticking with. He does seem like if somebody told him to call something by a different name now, he wouldn't accept that. Uh, <laughs> Brian Danielson versus Miro, and the winner gets a future AEW World Championship match. So, does Miro win over B? Does, do we snap the Brian Danielson win streak this early? That's the question that I have, but I also I also have that same question about CM Punk. Yeah. One of them like, gotta lose. One of them's gotta lose, and I don't... I think that it's, it's not going to hurt Brian as much, if that makes sense. Miro's been doing so good, though. Mm-hmm. But Brian Danielson is the best fucking wrestler. Danielson. He Danielson. Is. I'm throwing it. I'm throwing the gauntlet. Danielson. 
I can't not go. I have to. I have to follow my man. Yeah, you legally have to. to. Like, if there there should be there should be a rule that anyone in our Mount Rushmores, if they're in a match, we have to follow them. Well, no, that means I have to not change my punk Kingston one. No, that's fine. Uh, Britt Baker versus Ty Conti. Uh, my girl ain't losing yet. Nah, it's Brit. My girl ain't losing I feel bad yet. Ty, but it's Brit. Hey, I got zero dollars in my bank account the other day. I went to Target. I saw a Britt Baker AEW action figure and thought, <laughs> I can find a way to get this. How hard would it be to get this? And now finally, the big question. Do they put more heat on it, brother? Or do they finally give us what the fuck we want? Kenny Omega versus Hangman Adam Page. It's Hangman it's Adam Page. It's gonna. It's fucking it's Hangman time. Adam Page. It's, it's fucking time. It's Hangman, Hangman Adam. It's Hang Adam Man Page. Man Abdom Page. <laughs> it's who it is, and it's who it's gonna be. Thank you, cowboy shit, cowboy shit, cowboy shit. Thank you for joining us for this inaugural episode of high class wrestling if there are any other subjects you would like us to cover in the world of wrestling if you'd like to hear the full story of the dark order or kenny omega we'll probably bring dylan on for that one uh if you want to hear any wrestling stories or if you want to just hear us talk about what are cool wrestling moves let us know and we'll cover it here this is a weird brand choice. <laughs> this is a weird high way to take class sh- wrestling. Should the logo for high class wrestling look kind of like a like a strip joint? You know. Uh yeah, I could see that. It'll get um, real dirty, nasty. <laughs> it's just like we get. You know my other favorite rule I've made up for high class wrestling? Hmm. We're not promoting our shit on this. No one needs to find us no. after what we've done today. Yeah, this uh, this podcast needs to be the Mark Rebelay of podcasts. This is just you funk and then you get out. Does that mean we have to now find a different theme song? What's the theme song for high class wrestling? We could bring back uh, Ric Flair by Tom McGuire and the Brass. Uh, no, that's BS. That's, that's, that's not ours. That's BS. Mm, I know, but they're not using it anymore. Oh, no, I'll shut up. Let me see. I'm just going to go through. How about this? Every week, I'll just go into my liked songs on Spotify, randomize it. And that's the theme song that week. Nice. All right. Bye. Oh, wait. No, no, no. That's... uh, Hold on. We got to find what this week's theme song is, Blake. Oh. Are you ready? It is. Oh, shit. I turned... Fuck. Hold on. Let me turn on Choufle. Choufle is on now. All right. This week's theme song for High Class Wrestling is... We got the power by Zayd Wolf, which I am almost 110% positive WWE has used as a theme song for a WrestleMania before. Oh my god. There we go. That's that's high class wrestling, <laughs> and baby. This has been high class wrestling. Special thanks to Zayd Wolf.